Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast with Sachin Hadao and Milan Bandari, where we will be talking about all things worth talking about in the magical world of the NBA. I am your co-host, Milan Bandari. And I'm Sachin Hadao. And today, we are going to be talking about the Chicago Bulls and moves that they could make, five of them, to really improve not only their regular season success, but their playoff success and hopefully bring one home. All right, let's get into it. The Chicago Bulls. As you heard, we are going to be covering five moves that the, that the Chicago Bulls could do in order to bring some success and hopefully a championship home. All right, so let's think here. What are some key things that the Bulls, we're already in speculation that the Bulls could do this. What are some highly likely moves the Bulls can make as of current that will really help them boost their team overall? All right, Millen, what do you feel about the Chicago Bulls and the possibility of acquiring LaMelo Ball in this upcoming draft? Well, so first, LaMelo Ball, he's an incredibly talented player. And so, for example, I think that he'll be open at the third pick just because of the amount of talent that, that this current draft class has or supposed talent. So I think that LaMelo, he'll be open because obviously, um, so for example, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they, they might take Denny. They might, but in most, in, in mo- the most likely cases is them taking Anthony Edwards. And then the rest kind of fills in, but no one seems, not even the Charlotte Hornets seems like, like they would take him. The Charlotte Hornets will probably take Wiseman. And what that does is that leaves LaMelo Ball in the 2020, 2020 draft class, and it's all for the Bulls just to take it. And so that's one move that the Bulls can make. Sachin, do you have something to add to this? Uh, yeah, well, um, it, I thought the Warriors had the second pick, but I feel that the Slates will probably go, yeah, I agree with you. Anthony Edwards, and that's the thing about this draft class, I think it was fairly obvious in the 19 draft class. Zion is first, RJ, or not RJ Bear, what am I saying? Um, John Morant is second, and then whoever's going to be whatever and the next, but the top two were pretty obvious. This time, not really. So, Denny Viha, I don't really know, but yeah, I agree. Anthony Edwards could go first overall. James Wiseman could go first overall, so could LaMelo, but for the sake of this episode, we're going to say that, yeah, the Timberwolves are going to take Anthony Edwards, and then obviously, next pick, second overall, the Warriors they're going to take James Wiseman, so on and so forth. Oh, uh, no, the Warriors would take Denny Aviha. What are you talking about? Uh, no, they would not. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I like, I, I like to say, the Warriors have clearly been under a smokescreen this entire year. Ever since that everybody, I'm just going to say everybody because we're two players off of that, everyone getting injured in the finals or in the offseason within two weeks. Uh, I really feel that... The Warriors have just been trying to hide all of their ideas and what they've been trying to do. And like like said, we're light years ahead 
right? I mean, they are. They are. You can't deny it. The Warriors are smarter than you think. The front office is smarter than you think. Bob Myers is smarter than you think. He's formulating ideas in his head no one's thinking about. How do you think they acquired Kevin Durant? They acquired, um, what's, what's his, DeMarcus Cousins. They have so many players. And that's what I really feel that the Warriors have been hiding their true motives. And that's why I think they might not actually take Denny Avila. This might just be one of their more tricks to say, oh, yeah, we're scouting him heavily. We might pick him. And then they're just going to switch it out. So we really don't know what's going to be available for the Bulls when their time comes to pick a draft pick. But, I mean, it's, it really is debatable. But, yeah, once again, for the sake of this video, let's just go with them getting LaMelo Ball somehow, some way. Although the Warriors are not taking Denny Avila. What do you think would happen, Millen, if the Warriors were to, or if the Bulls were to take Lamelo Ball? How do you think that would conflict with Kobe White? How do you think this would change what the team is doing? Uh, perhaps their regular season record, playoff success. How do you think this is all going to change with the addition of Lamelo Ball in the upcoming draft? Okay, so. My ideal Bulls starting five looks a bit like Kobe. Looks a bit like Kobe White, um, Kobe White in the point guard, followed by Zach Levine in shooting guard, Lamelo at small forward, Laurie at, at power forward, and a special surprise later at center. But what I think the most logical situation for the Bulls to do is actually put Kobe White in in a six-man role, and that's how I think he's going to be for the rest of his career. I think he's truly going to be the next Lou Williams, but LaMelo Ball, I think he's going to fit in wonderfully. Because, And that brings me to the second part. The next thing that the Bulls can do this year is acquire Andre Drummond. And so you guys might be thinking, Andre Drummond, he does not work well with most modern systems, but the Bulls they don't care about that because Andre Drummond, he works really well in the low post. And that works perfectly with Zach Levine's incredible shooting and the amazing playmaking of the amazing playmaking of LaMelo Ball. And so what that means is LaMelo Ball can literally run a pick and roll with Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond sets the pick. And then what happens is you get an open man in Zach Levine. Zach Levine gets an open three-point shot. So there's a lot of opportunities that the Bulls can do if they acquire Andre Drummond. So then they get a really deadly starting five. And I think that they can make a push for the playoffs, get around 45 wins, 45 to 50 wins-ish. And what that, and I think that they can definitely do that. And when they get that amount of wins, they can potentially make it to the second round, and that makes them a destination. People see, wow, this Chicago Bulls team, they are really good. They have heart. They have soul. I should join them. Sachin, who do you think is the most likely superstar to go to Chicago? Ah, uh, that, that last part, uh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, but I definitely do agree. Andre Drummond would be the perfect addition. And I really hate how overlooked he is because he's the best rebounder in our league by far. Is there any doubt about that? No, there is not. Averages just about 16 to 17 rebounds. Not right now, obviously. Um, but he was. He was. 
And Drummond is just an insane rebounder. And I'm going to stick with that rebounding because here's the thing. Look how it fits in their system. Kobe White, definition of a modern point guard. Definition of a modern point guard. It's like Steph Curry after Steph Curry. He has a good three-point shot. He's a great shooter. Um, He has a pretty decent inside game. He's not too big, but he's very crafty. And then you have Zach Levine, who can not only shoot, but he can slash. You, Everyone, you've already seen his dunks. I mean, come on. This guy is insane. And then, yeah, I think Melo at small forward would actually fit pretty well. And then you come to Laurie Markkinen, who's a stretch four. He's a stretch four, but unlike Drummond, he can't play the post too great. He is a very good post player. Let me get that straight. But he's not your definition of a down-on-the-block big man. He's got the size, but that's not his play style. And Drummond perfectly fills that position. People are underrating the older day big man, I guess you could say, like the Dwight Howards. Um, And keep in mind, the roles of players have drastically changed nowadays. Point guards are the ones meant to shoot. Shooting guards are really meant to slash at this point. They can do anything. Yeah, shooting is nice, but slashing. And spot up shooting. Yeah, shooting guards have become less of ex- explosive scores to more of more bottom shooting. Yeah, yeah. There's not really too much of off the dribble. Like Clay Thompson perfectly exemplifies what a shooter, uh, what a shooting guard should be. Spot Forty-five up. points with five dribbles. Thirty-seven points in a quarter. Sixty points in twenty-five minutes or twenty-nine minutes. 52 and three quarters, 14 threes. I could go on and on, but I mean, not right now. But Clay Thompson is the definition of a modern day shooting guard. He's amazing. But right now, we're getting way off topic here. But Drummond fits so well because of that reason. Lori Markinen being a stretch forward. Yeah, Levine has slashing. Markinen is actually a very good slasher. Everyone remember that dunk back in 18 to 19? That was really nice. Um, but Drummond is your low block big man, and he's perfect for the system because the amount of rebounds he gets, rebound, kick it out, they can do whatever they want. Laurie Markinen can go inside if he wants. Zach Levine can go inside if he wants, or they can shoot the three, or they can pass it to Kobe White or LaMelo Ball. And Going back a bit on LaMelo Ball, can we admire how much his game has transformed? At first, it was, you know, the eighth grader who still managed to get to play uh, varsity for Chino Hills, and he would chuck up a bunch of threes and score 92 points on your head. Yeah, that's nice and all, but he has refined his game. He's a much better passer. He's a much better defender. He grew, like, 10 inches or something. I don't quite remember. 5'8 to 6'7. And now he's even taller. So he's he's a lot better. He's a deadly player. And most importantly, just like Luka Doncic, he's a positionless player. He can play point guard. He can play small forward. Like you said, he fits in the rotation as a small forward just fine. He's got the height and he's got an insanely vast skill set. And he's got an arsenal that can fit anywhere between the one and the three. So I think this is actually a very deadly team right here. And I think that this could actually be such a deadly playoff team. This could be a threat. This could be a very big threat to the Lakers, to the Clippers, 
I think the Rockets are going to fall apart at this point. Sorry, Rockets fans. I mean, come on. You build everything around three points, and now Daryl Morey's gone, D'Antoni's gone. What are you going to do? But I really think that this is a very, very, very good team right here. And um, they, they have so much potential. Like Millen said earlier, draft picks. Draft picks are important. They matter, and they have a load of them. It's kind of like that Clippers team who had insane draft picks. How do you think they got Paul George? They traded like five bajillion draft picks for that guy, and that's how they got him. I mean, come on. They have a huge amount of draft picks, very similar to the Clippers, and I think they're going to use them pretty wisely. I hope they're going to use them wisely. And Drummond would be perfect, but there's more. There's more that you can get. And the question then, uh, what is it, surfaces itself. Do you need anything else, really? Do you want to mess up the system? Too many superstars can mess up a system. And chemistry is what matters. You don't need a definitive superstar on a team, as we saw with the Heat. You don't need a definitive superstar on the team. Who is it the best scorer? Goran Dronik's the best scorer. Is it the best defender? Is it the guy who has the mentality of a superstar? Uh, what are you Butler? talking about? Jimmy Butler's the best scorer on the Heat team. Sorry, continue. Dronik, well, it depends on what you define as scorer. Butler is trailing. Butler was trailing at many points in time. It always alternates between the two. Remember, Goran Dronik in the finals, if I'm correct, did score more than him. Uh, but... In the finals? What are you talking about? He had a in the first game he tore his foot. Not in the not. I'm not meaning that. I'm talking about averages. And yeah, he did. He did hurt his foot pretty terribly. But yeah, playoffs, finals. I I don't quite remember. But I know that Goran Dragic has led the team entire team in scoring quite a few times. So you and then you have obviously seasoned veterans, but. That's kind of what the Bulls lack at this point. The Heat lacked experience. They had Goran Dragic, and, well, that's about it. And Jimmy Butler isn't known for his playoff success exactly. He made it to the finals this year, and that completely validates any negative rumors that went around with him. That might have been true. But he is an am- he doesn't have too much playoff success. He might be an amazing player, but he doesn't have too much playoff success. And that might be why the Heat team lost. It's not big ball, even though that definitely must have played a factor, considering the fact that LeBron James, depending on the height you think he is, I think he's 6'9", many say he's 6'8", um, is the same height as Bam Adebayo, who is their largest player. But, I mean, I don't know. But the Bulls. The Bulls have potential. They have future. They have draft picks. And that's what leads me to believe if they don't believe themselves that they can acquire Melo with the pick that they have, and I think Melo could be a great addition, then what they could do is trade maybe two of their picks, including that pick that they have in this draft, and maybe trade for a higher one, like maybe trade for the Timberwolves pick. You know, it's possible. They could try and do that. I, I don't see why. I really don't see why. You might as well secure the, the person that's really going to help you the most. But James Wiseman, once again, he's a prospect, so we really don't know how he's going to turn out. He could be the best rebounder of all time. As we already know, his game is defensively focused. His game is highly defensively focused. Offense is nice, but he's worried about getting the blocks and getting the rebounds. So... For all we know, he could have 
Wilt Cham- he could break Wilt Chamberlain's record for rebounds and Hakeem Olajuwon's record for blocks. By the way, Hakeem would not hold that record if they recorded blocks back in Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain's time. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind he would not. Um, but he would break the record. He would break the records for blocks, rebounds, whatever. And but he could also be a bust. We really don't know. We really do not know. And I mean that's the problem right there. But I mean, we'll figure it out along the way. But they might probably pick LaMelo Ball, considering, one thing, his game is the most polished. Two, he has experience himself. He played overseas with players much older than him, much more experienced than him, and his game is polished. So I think he's probably the lowest-risk player in that draft. That's highly controversial, but I feel so. Merlin, do you real, do, who do you think is probably the best pick for the Bulls, and why? Like I said, LaMelo Ball is clearly the best. Like, he clearly is the best person for the Bulls. Yes, there could be, but I'll tell you why he is. He can perf- he perf- perfectly exemplifies a modern-day player. He can play every position, almost every position on the court. You want him to be a small forward and shoot the ball more? He can do that. You want him to be a shooting guard and play more defense? Yeah, put him on the star players. Do you want him to just pass a lot? Yeah, he can do that. But it's not like you need to turn on a mode and then turn off one. He can do it all at the same time. And that's what's so important about him. He can do everything on the court. And he's a leader. He knows how to get all the players involved. You saw him at Chino Hills. He was the youngest guy on the court all the time, but he was telling everyone what to do. He was calling the shots. And that is just a testament to the leader he is. Sachin, do you agree with me on that? Uh, In Chino Hills, I wouldn't call that leader. However, he's most definitely a leader now. Uh, there's, like I said, there's a pretty big difference between Chino Hills LaMelo Ball and nowadays LaMelo Ball. Chino Hills LaMelo Ball would shoot and shoot and shoot. Doesn't matter how far it is. It doesn't matter how, uh, inefficient, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if you're cherry picking. He just shoot the ball and he was good at it. I'm going to give him that credit. I'm not going to say, oh, he was a selfish player who didn't care about his team or whatever. They went 35-0, and 0, and they won by an average of, like, 50 trillion points. No, they literally won by an average of about 30 or something points. 37, 40, I don't know what it was. But that was an insanely good team, and he was good at shooting the ball. It's not like he missed them all. But he's really evolved his game. He's, under, he's insanely expanded his court vision. He's an amazing passer lightning fast passes and can see you from the back of his head. I don't know how he does it. He's also a very good defender. He hasn't lost even a bit of that shot. So I really think that LaMelo Ball has really improved himself as a leader. And I think he's going to be very deadly. Uh, So it's really just that low risk thing. But it really depends on what the Bulls want. We're we're literally kids that have absolutely no idea what's going on in that front office right now. No one does except the people in the front office themselves. And they only know what they want. And also another thing, they could they could just make a switch of plans at the snap of a finger. We don't really know. 
and the, it's really up to them what they want to do, where they want to take their team, and how they want to take it. If they want to win in 30 years and they're planning out a billion draft picks for 30 years later, so be it. We don't know. If they want to win right now, they want to do that. We don't know. Who players they want, which players they want, why, uh, salary cap plans, anything and everything. So we just have to figure out where this is going to go. But on to uh, yeah, next. I, I think, hmm? Yeah, um, I think that – there, there's a lot of different ways that the Bulls can get back to relevancy. So I'll finish off with the last reason why the Bulls, sorry, how the Bulls can get back to relevancy. So honestly, I just think that the Bulls, they need to build their market. They need to remove the stigma that they have. Whenever you think of the Bulls, you don't think of Michael Jordan anymore. You think of the failures of Tom Thibodeau. You think of Derrick Rose. You think of Jimmy Butler. You think of Joachim. And it's not, it's not a good look for them. And so they need to remove that. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't want to interject, but Joachim for the Bulls was actually very deadly. He's very was sad when he left. I'm talking about when he left. Oh, okay, okay. It was and devastating, then... heartbreaking, Sachin. Yeah, and I think really those problems stem from Tom Thibodeau. How do you think Derrick Rose got injured? Does anybody remember what the score was that game? Because that is engraved in my mind. There was a minute 12 seconds left. The score was 99 to 87 in the in game one. Now, you tell me why the star, the person leading your team, the only reason you are considered possibly the best team in the league is playing with a minute 12 left in the game with the game and that is obviously in the bag. And let me tell you why. Also, he was legend, by the way. Thibodeau, when Tom Thibodeau is your coach, he's going to work your players to the bone, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. And what resulted, Derrick Rose was playing, and we all saw that horrific injury that occurred. And that proceeded to plague his career with more and more injuries. And I'm happy he's had a comeback season. But that is all Tom Thibodeau. That's Tom Thibodeau in a nutshell there, right there for you. Do you agree or disagree with that? Actually, I completely agree because Tom Thibodeau, he knew that Derrick Rose was dealing with injury. But um, I think that we should get back on track. So the Bulls, I don't know exactly how they can remove that Bulls, like the – like just the tinge of failure out of their name. Maybe it's revamping themselves, like completely re-energizing the logo, all that stuff. Like a rebranding. Maybe that's what they have to do. You know, you're on to something right there. You're on to something right there. That that could really be important. Like the Seattle Supersonics changing into the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, the Sonics were still a pretty decent team, but you could forget about Ray Allen's departure. You can forget about uh you can forget about the fall of Gary Payton showing him. You can forget all about all of that. And everyone was so excited for that new fun. No, 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 I'm not tell I'm not saying about moving to like No, you don't have to move, but straight up reband rebranding your logo, your team. Yeah. I don't know about getting rid of the bulls, but they might not the name of it. They need no. to they might get rid of it. It might not no longer be the Chicago Bulls. It might change. I don't know. 
But, but I think that there are so many different things that can happen. It just you, we don't know what the Bulls are going to do, what they're planning on doing. It's just a matter of time, to be honest. Yeah, it really is. And but I believe that right there is just about going to wrap up today's episode for the Daily Post. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we release episodes every Wednesday, and that might change in just a bit. More to come on that soon. But this is the Daily Post. Thank you for listening. And if you like this podcast episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and family.